A warm hello to each and every one of you. I am overjoyed to be reverberating in your ears again after a long and unannounced hiatus. Today's episode is a sort of light, playful introduction to my new podcast co-host, Mallory Dowd. What You'll Hear is a discussion between Mallory and I. We're just sitting in her lovely and welcoming home, going with the flow, and we just loosely discuss the intent of the show. And just to get a sort of feel for each other's creative energy or an exchange of ideas, information, energy, as we learn how to co-parent the This Is Fine podcast. I am in awe of Mallory's ability to communicate, to be present, and very specifically, I envy her command of words. So I am extremely excited to see how the show will develop me, how we'll learn things about each other, and how the two of us in turn can add value to your lives. So please enjoy the episode. Prior to the chaotic night I told you about, (laughs) (laughs) um, I was playing a game, a little card game type of thing with four people. And I had no idea what this game was about. And the more it was being explained with various different amounts of alcohol flowing through people's bodies, except mine. But point is, I didn't know what was happening. Yeah. And I just decided, you know what, just go with the flow. And so I played the game and there was dice involved. It got to the point where I was, I felt like, okay, I'm losing the game. Now, because of my competitive spirit, mm-hmm. I had to win. And so I had had this thing in my back, th- back of my mind thinking, this may be the first time I play this game, but I will win. Yeah, yeah, and so course, what I did was, because of my reading of, quantum physics mm-hmm. before i would roll the die i would feed dice i would feel the number that i wanted i would feel i would imagine how i would how i felt after it happens and then the th- three out of the four times that i did that yeah. prior to rolling it yeah. i got the exact thing that i wanted it was either an it was a, once was an eight the other yes. one was a nine and the other one was a 10 what how many um were these d20s 20-sided or um, how many-sided? There were, I think it was just, so one is six. So I don't know what. Oh, you mean you got eight? Oh, okay. It was it was six-sided, so like combined. Combined, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, combined, yeah. Oh. Wow. And that was, and I tried to like explain this experience because it, for me, it's like, there's no way that could be luck. So did you win the game? I did. Congratulations. <laughs> I did. And every time I'm like, thank you for letting me win. But I know I was just being humble. <laughs> Uh, you said that to your friends yes I did (laughs) yes yes I said that to my friends yes so that was a nice experience so I set an intention to win and I won so yeah that was my my example of how setting an intention also remembering what I've learned through my beginnings of delving into quantum physics Mm. and these small little actions that I do to help grow a a pathway for for living a more intent filled life i like that because what i was going to bring up about intention is something that my teacher talks about intentions as sentient beings that wish to collaborate with us Mm. (laughs) so i'm just bringing that up because i 
in both cases, we're talking about like a growing living thing. Yes. So I feel that way about identifying and conversing with intentions as a way of seeding and growing, a, you know, what either a pathway or a creation or mm. uh, I don't know, a way of being alive in the world. Yeah. And, and today I, I read some quotes about intention and one I don't have it memorized, but one that stuck out with me is that intentions don't mean anything without action. There is so much that we can attribute to someone had the intention, the thought, the intention, and then took action. Mm -hmm. How many of us have thoughts about being something without taking action to be that? Imagine then how you attract the energies or combine the energies of, of, of the universe, of the world, to help you build something into fruition. Yes. But on the flip side, I can't take action if I don't know what my intention is. Oh, and (laughs) they feed each other. They do feed each other. I like that. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, I think there's also a point where I I can get stuck in inaction because I'm not sure what my intention is. So Mm. maybe there's kind of a dance between um, taking action that spurs us into something new And then maybe we're just continually, if we're trying to live mindfully and intentionally, maybe we're just constantly cycling back to this place of questioning. Okay, so now what is my intention? Or if if intentions are living things or, or have some kind of sentience or a spirit about them, then continually having a conversation with whatever that is. Yeah. is this still what I what I thought it was, or has this changed? And then how does that kind of uh, shift my behavior? One of the quotes that I found is from Brenna Yovanov, who's said that intention is one of the most powerful forces there is. What you mean when you do a thing will always determine the outcome. This law creates the world. I have a question. So then when you think about this podcast, mm. like... What were your original intentions for creating this podcast? Um, my original intention was to develop my voice as a writer through the art of oration and the, the flow state that comes with that. Hello, mm-hmm. kitten. Can you not press me? Can you not press me? We have a cat in the room. <laughs> a very inquisitive cat. Um yeah, it was to access the flow state through oration, which is also something that happens when I write. And I felt that I had something to say. And I also deeply believe that everyone has a story, obviously, but that we have lessons in those stories that other people can learn. And um, whether it be silly, whether it be uh, serious, whether it be uh, breakups, relationships, um whatever the the case is that there is a story there's a lesson in there and i think we can all learn from each other and that's why i started the show and it has developed and i had to do it by myself then the large break came from being disconnected from my intention or not realizing that i've changed and the intention no longer matches Mm. me yes Mm -hmm. and this is where we are today Oh, kittens. <laughs> Everything oh, is something. I need something. to put her in another room. Let's, let's, let's wait a little bit. Okay. Yeah, let's wait a little bit. Um, I love what you're saying because mm. I don't have... I I don't have my own podcast, but when I had the desire to start a podcast, it was very similar. I just 
felt like there's something that happens when I'm speaking and sort of channeling this, mm. like you said, oracular mm. information. Mm. Um, and that I felt like this was a, a process that was really creatively generative for me, but then I think for others. Um, whether that that could be a lesson, but also just maybe there's something healing or inspiring or um, artful about what is created mm. and then that that reverberates out to others right so and the word that struck me there is healing which mm. is very much a a feeling that i get when i talk with you there is a spirit of healing that comes with what you do so well, that's lovely thank yeah. you <laughs> i'm i'm happy right and so the voice you're hearing right now <laughs> or for the past couple of minutes is uh, a very good friend mallory Mallory, Mallory Dowd, is that yes. right? Yes, because I don't mm -hmm. want to, you know, mess up the pronunciation. Mm -hmm. And um, how do we meet Kimberly? <laughs> yes, we have a shared friend. Yes. I think we officially met at a play, right? Yes, at the play, but Kim kept talking about you. Yes. And she's like, you guys should meet. And, yes. And eventually we did meet at the play. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, yeah, and um, I recently was talking with Kim about our friendship and it made her really happy. And she said something like, this is how she knows when she has good friendships or friendships with good people when they connect with each other. Right. Um, and then she, so I think she is getting a lot of joy out of our connection. That's beautiful. Yes. That's lovely. Thank you, Kim. <laughs> yes, thank you, Kim. <laughs> yeah, so we met that way. And then I was, I guess, in a space where I needed clarity. I knew that you did tarot readings. I was also in a space in my life where the spiritual, intuitive side of me, which I've always kept hidden, like I expressed to you before, I then was like, you know what? It's not, you know, because my mm -hmm. almost my entire life has been run off of my intuition. Mm -hmm. And I have hated it when I was correct about something that is quote unquote damaging and have always been happy when it was something that is, you know, blissful. Yeah. So that's why I reached out. I'm like, I think I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very, like, I take that very seriously, especially mm. when friends want to get a reading from me. Mm. And I could tell that you were being very thoughtful about it. Mm. And and also that you were identifying your intentions around the reading. Yeah. Like trying to be clear about what you want, which I think any... Is, is always appreciated mm. from the perspective of a tarot reader, I think, because I think it's important to have an intention when you go into uh, at least the kind of readings that I do. Yeah. Because as you experienced, they do tend to like go deep. What I'm hearing is that it sounds like you're starting to become more, um, maybe more open about your spiritual beliefs and the spiritual side of you yeah letting that become more public yes letting which that become... is really exciting it is very exciting and it is a part of me that i can't deny it's a part of me that i've had that i've identified with that i've known is there since i was very very young um i wouldn't be so intuitive without that mm -hmm. um there are friends that can attest to me being able to read them extremely well despite not knowing them for very long it's a part of me that I don't think my journey or the trajectory of my life would, would, it would be unclear if I don't incorporate that part of me into my daily existence, I think. So, yeah, we should just, not should, I, will, I must embrace it. Yes. I love that. Yeah. 
I think I mentioned earlier on my podcast about turning your shoulds into musts. I should work out to change your language to say I must work out. Oh. And you're and apparently psychologically you're more likely to do that. Oh, I yes. see. Why? Because with should there's like I should but eh, yeah. Oh. I should but, you know, there's always like I should but. <laughs> yes, uh, when we yes. talk to ourselves, I okay. should but I'm tired or I should uh, but I have this to do. Okay. I must do it is a more definitive statement then i should do it oh wow okay i'm gonna i'm gonna sit with that one because i think i am i also don't like using shoulds but i'm going like the opposite direction where i will say it would be nice or it would be it would be beneficial to me if i do this it would be beneficial but the would be you know the, is the thing is the future tense. well you might be more productive than me in some ways maybe <laughs> We all have our moments of um, doing nothing. Sure, sure. <laughs> anyway, how do you feel about doing a reading? I feel good. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, yeah. For me, tar- tarot is a language that I'm very fluent in, mm. um, although it has many dialects. But I, yeah. I love the idea of bringing tarot to our conversation about what the show wishes to become, what we want it to be, and um, getting clarity on our intentions about it. So just for reference, how long have you been reading? I've been working with the tarot for almost six years now. And I started reading professionally for other people late 2019 just before the pandemic hit oh right um, what a great time to start yeah <laughs> actually well, no, it really was actually it is a great time <laughs> there to start. was a lot people had a lot of um yeah there there was a lot of material yeah to work with it was a catalyst for me starting the show actually i've noticed that with so many people especially artists and creators mm. the pandemic changed so many of our perspectives and also we had more time in different ways or, or you know, and, and because of the, the fact that for so long we were and I mean, still are in many ways, but for over a year, very restricted uh, in terms of being out and seeing people in person. Like, I, I know for me, I kind of had this little creative cave mm. that I was working in for a while during the early stages yeah. of this experience and it made me think of you using the word disassociation dis- mm-hmm. and how a lot of our socialization is also disassociative mm-hmm. then when people were, weren't able to socialize or drink or do those things to distract them from life their feelings their problems it, it started getting really heavy yeah. <laughs> yeah you said that and i like felt it in my entire body i was like wow you're right yeah that's i think that's what happened well i'm thinking about this also through the language of tarot and right. i'm thinking about uh when we sat down together and i had pulled these two cards before you know, before we started recording, one of the cards that I pulled was the tower. And so when the pandemic started in the tarot community, we we started to have this conversation about how collectively in the world we're having a tower moment, which is kind of shorthand for, oh, everything is on fire. And just like, you know, like this is fine. The, do- yeah, <laughs> the, the dog. name of your podcast and, and what that's referring to, the yes. dog in the burning room. It's like, yes. oh my God, I look around and everything is on fire. In many ways, these are necessary fires, like in terms of 
these toxic institutions that we see crumbling Mm -hmm. and in terms of just the like becoming aware of how oppressive and harmful found the foundations of our societies are and now these are these are falling they're Mm. starting to fall and it's very it can feel very scary it's like our world is collapsing and then now we have this view i think for many people we have we can take a especially i can only speak really from my position which is having lived a very privileged life um you know, prior to the pandemic and even oh, now, yes. so privileged. Compared to other people? It, oh my yeah. gosh. Definitely the pandemic, it was like ripping, a band-aid was ripped off for me where I looked around. And of course, now I can say these things were always true. And, and you know, like our, uh, all of these systems were always harming us and, and everything was always on fire, actually. But yes. now I see it. <laughs> and I, I think it. that exists collectively and it exists uh, in terms of my healing journey. Where yeah. then at the various times in my life when I became aware that of like, oh, I really struggle with depression. I really struggle with anxiety. I have unhealed trauma. It felt at first very shocking to me, mm. but then uh, it's like having looked at the burning building mm. from a distance, now I can start to understand, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, and, and do something about it. And do something about it. Yeah, well, and I think that's like, that's what I believe I do as a tarot reader in yeah. many ways. Um, people oftentimes, I've spent years thinking about what it is I'm doing when I lay cards out mm. and sit with someone and I think think a lot of what I'm doing is bringing to the surface that which is ready to be seen and that which is ready to be addressed or integrated. Um, and because that's what tarot was to me when I first, when it first came to me. Yeah. I was really suffering a lot, but I didn't have access to a lot of the reasons why and the roots of why. And tarot was what helped me to get clarity and to st- sort of start like seeing material rise up right. from the from the mysterious, you know, unseen into the visible light. I really like that because it's a tool for mental health. It definitely can be and it definitely it was is, for me. It is for me too. Mm-hmm. Like after that session we had, it's like a lot of how I move through the world has changed. Mm. Yeah, so... That's beautiful. I'm so happy. Me too. I'm really glad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So are you ready to pull something? Yes. So we're doing this reading to kind of guide our co-creative process since I'm joining your project yes. that had its own life Yes. separate from me. Yes. And now I would like to create something together. Okay. Yes. Great. So, well, also, I'm so touched that you're incorporating my my language, uh, which is tarot, into the process. So uh, the first, so there's kind of two sets of questions. One is about a little less than two years ago, I created a spread. Mm. And the, actually, the intention of this spread was that to be used by two people who were going to collaborate on something that is so <laughs> it's <really> cool <laughs> it's just three questions so uh it's what you bring mm-hmm. and what i bring so in this case we're doing it together so it would be what mallory brings what ivor brings okay and what we create oh just a simple so it's meant to kind of highlight perhaps uh, our unique contributions to this creation and then to kind of give some some 
uh, imagery or inspiration for what what happens when we blend those mm. things. Mm. So there's that. The first question actually was just we can pull a card to inspire our intentions. Okay. Like spirits of the cards give us a card to uh, inspire conversation about our intentions for this project. And maybe a, ch a challenge we might face. I love that idea. I do. <laughs> and then how to face that. How to meet that challenge. Well, I like the language you're using. How to meet the challenge. Yes. And not like overcome or defeat or, you know, I like the language you're using. I'm very... Oh, yeah. No. Very attentive to how I, you know, use words. Yeah. I mean, challenges are so important to creativity. Yeah. It... We shouldn't want to. I, I don't I don't ever want to like defeat my challenges, mm. but I do want to meet them. Meet them. Well, I think prepared. there's a Chinese proverb I, and I stand corrected or in Chinese, the word for challenge and opportunity are the same. Oh, right. oh, interesting. Yes, I that's that's very resonant to me. There totally, especially I've been pulling a card lately that it just feels all about that. <laughs> it's all about challenge, but but in a in a way that's um, creatively generative. Mm. Yeah. Um, what do we need to know about this process? What should we know about this creation? Those are the questions I came up with. Okay. Do you have any questions? Mm. I don't have a question. The only word that comes up for me is is simplicity. That's the only word that bubbles in my solar plexus, I guess, is simplicity. Do you mean that you wish for this project to have a feeling of simplicity or you want the process to feel simple? What I feel is I would like to identify ways in which and how simplicity and creativity are married because I tend to I tend to convolute and tend to confuse things and when I look back at it I'm always like it really was simple mm. <laughs> it actually really is or or in moments when I'm ridiculously creative mm -hmm. and then people go oh my god that's so creative and for me I'm like no that was very simple it was a very very like spark of the moment oh that's what I'll do and there was no thought about premeditated th thought about something the idea just came i executed it i took action it seemed simple to me but other people are like wow i relate to that also having a i tend to be someone who wa i'll wait until sort of the channels open yeah. and inspiration strikes and then i just do the thing yeah yeah like yeah, you just yeah, let yeah. it just get out of the way right and let it go and let it yeah. go yeah well i think that's good to know already we have uh some useful information about that that we don't want to I also don't want to overcomplicate things because then I'll get stuck in thinking about it. Yep. And not doing it. And not doing it. <laughs> no action. Yes, yes. <laughs> exactly. Okay, good to know. All right, then I'm going to start shuffling my cards. Mm -hmm. And I want to say too that actually I should have pulled this out already. And I'm going to pull one out now. This is the card that I pulled when you first brought up collaborating. Mm-hmm. And then I pulled the Four of Wands, which uh, it for those who don't know that card, usually it just it depicts um, generally two figures dancing. Uh, sometimes they're at a wedding or what looks like a wedding or they're under some structure. Fours, mm. we tend to relate to structure. To me, this card speaks to just this space and structure of joyful connection and creativity and shared passion and in this deck that I'm that I'm looking at now the neo tarot it's, they're literally two figures dancing 
Um, and it's so beautiful. I think I know exactly what it is. And when I saw it on your Instagram, my first thought, and when you were ex- describing it to me, the word that I wrote down was joyful. And then you said yes. joyful. Yes, so yes. It's that's so that's the first thought. Yeah. Yes. And I, I love thinking about create uh, like creation and especially co-creation as dancing. I was talking to another friend about this. When you find someone that you can really speak with or that you, you kind of like, there's a fluency between you that might mm. be linguistic or it might be energetic yeah. or it, it, et cetera, then it is, it can be like dancing. A good conversation is like a good dance. Yes. 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 Totally. Yes. I'm going to put that at the top of our reading Mm -hmm. and then I'm going to start shuffling our cards for the first question. Yes. Which is, so I'm going to start with our three, the, the center of our spread, which is what, what does, what do I bring? What do you bring? And what do we create? Mm. Okay. So the first question, what do I bring? What does Mallory bring? To this process, this creative endeavor, this project. Oh, I love that. And what does Ivor bring? Mm, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm so happy with the card that came out for me. <laughs> what does Ivor bring to this new iteration of the This Is Fine podcast? What do we create? This is already very interesting to me. Really? Yes, Ooh, yes. I am loving this because <laughs> I want to dive into it. What do we create together? This is so, yes, so <gasps> lovely. Okay. Okay. I'm going to show you and then we'll, we won't get into like a lot of detail about the images because we have people listening, but... We have, what do I bring? Mm-hmm. The Fool. Ooh. What do you bring? The Five of Swords. Do you have a reaction? You, you have a face. The, the, swords are a very strong theme for me. Okay. Yes. Yes. Because this is like the third or fourth swords. Well, you're a very airy person. Like we tend to, not ubiquitously, but uh, the way that I learned tarot and, and elementally associate the suits. Mm. I associate swords with the element of air. Like you're a very air dominant person from what I know about like your natal chart and yeah. also just, you know, you're, you're, you're very mental. Very you spend a lot of time in the mental words. zone. Like you're very, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, words and thoughts. Like you're interested in, um, neuroscience and very. the exchange of ideas. Yes. It's very exciting to you. Yes. Yeah. And how thoughts and ideas are, the same thing (laughs) yeah so let's discuss yours first okay fool so yeah what the fool is looks like the fool is dancing with a dog yeah the fool is definitely dancing in this version of this card sometimes the fool is about to walk off a cliff sometimes they're like jumping off of something right and i feel like the fool is very self-explanatory i mean not self-explanatory but generally if we think of the nature of being foolish or the sort of stories that we know about a someone we call a fool mm. what do you think of um i jump in between the two because i think of like the power in being the fool is that the fool is able to see things other people 
do not. Why? Because it is someone other people underestimate. Oh, oh, I love that. That's yeah. what I feel oh. when I when I think about the fool. Right, right. That's very. That's we have so many stories like that. Yeah, where they're they're kind of they're tricksters. Yes, they're, they're putting tricksters. on, and you're you're very tricksy. You have a trickster energy. I do, <laughs> but I think so do I in a different way, and mm-hmm. that's like that fear feels very mercurial. Mm-hmm. Like I started working with this card when I realized uh, along my sort of professional and creative journey, mm. I was thinking in a in binary terms, which right. is something that you and I have talked about, yeah. like getting stuck in binaries. Mm. So I was stuck in this place of thinking, uh, like vacillating between this idea that I am not ready or knowledgeable enough to be a tarot reader or a teacher or someone who's guiding others like Mm. oh i'm not ready Mm. i don't know enough right i know nothing kind of and then bouncing from that to i'm so ready i'm ready now oh on this day i woke up and i feel like i could be a very competent guide or teacher uh, of spiritual matters or something Mm. and i realized that there was a a middle way between those. Yes. And I worked with the tarot to sort of discover that middle way. And the card that emerged was the fool. So it's like exactly what no you're describing way. where, but it's let for me, it's less about being a trickster, but there is something about like using language playfully. I think that I do that. And I think that uh, language and play are ways that I sort of like play tricks in the world. And, and also, like, not taking myself so seriously. B- play as a theme. Maybe this is something we can talk about on the show. Is yeah. Play, to me, is it's such a foundation for my mental health and my uh, feeling a sense of belonging in the world. I, I, I feel that through my sort of sacred play practices. Yeah, and the food does have that playful element yes 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 and and i think just uh, for me i'm diving into this project that's already established and i think what i said to you even was i was feeling like some insecurities about not having the right kind of knowledge or oh like what if i don't know enough about that topic but i think what i bring is the ability to be open and courageous enough to just sit and have conversations and trust that the knowledge that I bring is the right knowledge for the conversations that we're going to have. I don't know how to express how much (laughs) I identify with everything you've said. One specific thing that you said when you brought up courage Mm. is that courage is an extremely important skill. It is, mm. I think it is a life skill because it is something you practice. Yes. You cannot just randomly be courageous. Oh my gosh. I don't think so. And like Maya Angelou said, courage is the most important virtue of them all because you cannot practice any other virtue consistently without courage. Mm. That's wild because lately, I don't know if I said this to you, but I've been saying it to other people yeah. that in my life in general, I'm practicing courage. No, you did not say that <laughs> in to so me. In so many realms. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we don't have time to get into we, we that. We don't. And that's wonderful that I we got it. to this space. Yes. So the next card is yours. What does Ivor bring? And it's the Five of Swords. The so what of... do you see here? The Five of Swords is a uh, represented in this specific deck. What stands out to me is it's night. It looks like there's a cliff and then also someone, a person holding four swords and the other one and, and with the other hand holding uh, one sword mm-hmm. up to the sky. And uh, it just, 
it looks like someone who's ready. Oh, that's what I feel. Okay, which the figure in the in the front in is the front. ready. Yeah, not yeah, the figure in the back. They're holding. They're holding all the swords. Yeah. The other figure. How does the other figure feel? Let me let me take a closer look. The the other figure is turned away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's the only un, turned away and also like situated under the full moon. Yes. So a readiness. So do you feel like is that how is that something that you bring to this uh, readiness? I think it circulates back to me being ready to embrace a side of me that I have kept hidden for mm-hmm. such a long time. And uh, that helps to be a more complete human being, which helps sharpen my intention, mm-hmm. which is also a practice, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, as we grow, so does our viewpoints. And your intention cannot be the same it was last year than it is today and if it is then you didn't take any action <laughs> oh yes right right yeah. <laughs> oh that's very real to me because ooh, I re- uh, mm, yes you're right but sometimes that's okay too sometimes that's like what you're realizing is oh i had this intention i didn't do anything about it honey um, and I had an, it's still here <laughs> i had an intent to start a podcast like back in 2015 <laughs> Okay, and I only started it in 2022, I mean 2020, so hello. <laughs> yeah, well, you did it. Yeah, eventually. You I took eventually, act- you were ready eventually. to take action. Yeah, I also love what this, this to me feels like we were talk- what we were talking about with challenge Ooh. and opportunity. So because sometimes this, sometimes the five of swords is called defeat uh, because usually many times it will oh. depict like multiple figures. There's one that's sort of, feels or seems victorious and then there are others that are more defeated like the figure walking away in my and i had this image for you i had this image of you sort of um like you being ready means that you were like grasping these swords back from different people or places in your life yeah, like seizing them yeah that you know? makes sense because i do give away a lot of my a lot of my energy to people who aren't ready to play with it. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, but it's like you have all this, like if this is you, you're holding all these swords. Yeah. If we think about swords as like, I, I think I told you, I, I see the swords as the writer's suit. That's actually not my idea. That comes from another tarot reader. Uh, their name is Cassandra Snow. And I think they're the first person that said that, that yeah. really resonated with me. And I kind of learned through from them to reframe yeah. my understanding of the swords suit in the tarot as a suit that relates to language and write, writing, using the mind and uh like a a mental journey so i love the idea of you bringing like this readiness holding all these whole and maybe it is a lot of like knowledge maybe that is one of the things that you are meant to bring here Mm. you know to 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 play with Mm. to spar with is like ideas i am fully on board with that because i'm very much aware of my ability to use words but I must admit that when I spar with you on ideas that I'm like, ooh, this is a challenge I like to meet because you're you're extremely articulate in the way that you communicate. Yes, like emotions, ideas, and it's rare for me to find 
that. Yeah, I, I, I'm thinking about how you've described like the uh, the part of you that is deeply spiritual mm. and wants to communicate that yes. uh, to the world has been hidden uh, That and that maybe that was part of this whole process, right? Like maybe oh. it's taken you this time to sit with all of these things and develop your own kind of sense of belonging to yourself and to these ideas that and and that now maybe it's a really powerful moment mm. of feeling ready like I've got I've been gathering all these swords and now here I am and I'm ready to like play with them and sh and, share and share and um and bring challenge and you know um, yeah I don't know a swords you makes me think of battle not necessarily in a in a negative context there is a readiness that i do feel within myself yes yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so I love I, I I feel like these work well together, but I'm like, are you okay with the distribution of roles? Because I'm like, I'm gonna show up unready or or clear like the fool ready in a different way. Yes. Like open, maybe letting go of preconceived notions and just diving in. Whereas for you, there's like, this feels more laborious to me. <laughs> <laughs> I like it because I think if we were the same, then then we're just agreeing the whole time. You yeah, know that what I mean? would be a boring podcast. That, that's boring. I, mm -hmm. I want someone who, who would challenge and question and mm -hmm. give me a different perspective. Whatever I'm talking about, I'm not an expert. I'm not a psychologist. I'm yeah, not a trained yeah. expert. I just have a vested interest in the mind and in helping people perhaps see things about themselves that they haven't seen before because that is a great space for learning and growth. I agree. Lately, I'm expanding my view on what what is expert and what kind of experience and knowledge we value and don't as well. Ooh. So I think even for me, the term expert is kind of worthy of questioning. Mm -hmm. As for me, I I do have a master's degree in social work, so I I do have this background. Right, yeah, I so... do have a background in mental health and intervention, therapeutic interventions. Mm. But yeah, it's uh, for me when I'm engaging in these conversations at this point, I definitely come from this place of being very rooted in my own experience, in my own uh, like positionality and what, what has worked for me, which right. I think is resonate, like resonant with what you're saying as well yeah, and yeah. what your, the spirit of this, podcast has been up until this point what am I learning and then how is that how am I experiencing that in my life how is that helping me grow and by having those conversations I know that that helps others yes that's I, yes that is exactly what I meant without sounding obtuse <laughs> I don't think you sounded obtuse either I just felt when like when you said the word expert yeah my body cringed a little right. so I was curious about it like yeah, oh, yeah. what's going on there yeah <laughs> Well, it's, it's just like, I always have this thing where I guess an insecurity where I, when I talk about like the brain or what I've learned and what I'm studying um, out of my own interest, I remember times when people go, but you never studied that. And mm. I'm like, but that doesn't mean that I don't understand what I'm reading. It doesn't mean that I'm not there in my home reading books about or listening to podcasts that are from actual professors, you know, about neuroscience and how that's changing and the things that are, you know, that kind of thing. So yeah. that doesn't mean I don't know what I'm talking about. 
100%. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's also, it's good to be upfront about, like, where have you learned what you've learned? Yes. And in what context? And, in what and context? that's great for yeah. people to know. Yeah. So I guess that, that, that feels like rooted in intentionality as well. Uh, being very aware of where are we positioned, like always being open and communicative of where is this information coming from? Is this learned through, you know, a, a book that we've developed a really deep relationship with? Or is has it been learned through personal practice? Or is mm. it coming from a course that we took or yeah. something like that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, and I, I like that as an intention. Identifying the roots of something, the roots of knowledge, the roots of experience. And I, I think they, that we have many of those. Oh, yeah, that's like an endless stream because I don't know. I got into neuroscience through listening to a lot of motion, motivational talks. Mm -hmm. And then I real and then there was this 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 guy on a on a show, Tom Bilyeu, and he was a neuroscientist. And then I got into his stuff and then it just opened the floodgates for that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I guess. I guess there is a level of knowledge you're there. You're holding a lot of swords. Yeah, <laughs> you're ready. I'm ready. <laughs> yes. And okay. The last one. The last card is what we create, and it's the chariot. The chariot. That's what it is. This is my life path card or my soul card. Ooh. There's different words for it. So what does that mean, life path soul card? So when you take your birthday and you can numerically break it down and you identify a card from the major arcana, then it, it can kind of represent maybe the path that your life will take. Or I always use this word really loosely, some sort of purpose mm. or maybe like a lesson that you're learning in life. Mm. So for me, chariot it very much feels appropriate for me. Yeah. But but I can explain why, but I wonder so like what's happening here. So the chariot for at first um glance it felt very like meditative and magical to me. The the center of the figure is depicted as a person sitting cross legged and then it looks like they're holding a half moon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they're balanced onto, what are those, dogs? I think in this, yeah, they're dogs Dogs, here. yeah. It feels very like leader. I feel something, but it's hard to get to the, the right word. I think in part that's because of this particular depiction too. But I think this card generally is sort of about a forward mo movement. Forward movement. Oh, okay. Or sometimes we tell stories about it. Like, because this this card is the... If you break the major arcana into three lines, then this is the last one in the first line. And it's so like my my earliest tarot teacher was a reader named Lindsay Mack. And the way that she teaches this card is basically you're at this point where you look around at your life, things are okay and I know who I am. You've gone through this process of individuating yourself from your family you look around and think, I could sort of stop here, like my life could be okay, but mm -hmm. there's something missing and there's something I need to do. I need to pursue this thing. That has literally been a feeling of mine since I can remember, Ooh. which is the very reason I left home and essentially ended up here. So that is an extremely, extremely powerful card for me when mm. you explain it that way. Mm. Wow. So how does that, for you, how does that relate to like this project or like us as co-creators? 
it gives me a sense of a specific direction and that also I'm very careful about using this word, the next word, the direction we're taking is the right one. I feel mm. validated in what we're doing. I feel like this, this card for me has a very sort of fortuitous feeling about it. Ooh, fortuitous. Um, well, also a lot of people talk about this card as the victory card. But when I think about this card and what it could mean, I think this card is associated with the astrological sign of cancer which i i think in our connection there's a very sort of tenderness about our conversations and there's a very there's an emotionality that we share um and like a deep like a deep emotionality like Um, yeah we can just like sit in the water but but so it's kind of like the feeling of being scared or unsure like insecure like mm. a crab in a shell mm. but then shedding the shell and moving into something because because you have to in order to sort of i also use this word loosely mm. and with reservations mm. to evolve mm. okay. you know mm. like actually i don't really like that term but mm. i'm still re- i'm still kind of replacing it yeah like i feel that there is to me it seems like okay we even with the two dogs, it's like we've been we've been walking these paths of our own mm. of learning what it is we want our life to be and what we want to like be moving towards. And then now the 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 central figure is like this, yeah, this place of care and thoughtfulness and like uh, uh, a little space of our own to. Mm to like walk together yes it that, feels very collaborative that's very beautiful because yeah when you said that i'm like oh wow and this is exactly what we're doing yeah so there's the analytical part of me that goes like how much of this is probability and how much of this is us reading what we want to read mm. because for me it feels like those cards are there for a reason they cannot be a coincidence because that sword card is way too way too specific when it comes up in the reading the first reading that you did Mm -hmm. and then and then here it comes up again Mm -hmm. and i don't think that's a coincidence Mm -hmm. i like to hold space for both right i don't think there's i think i think skepticism is healthy healthy. especially in spiritual conversations Mm. and spiritual practice but then also the fool in me is like does it matter? Like, does it matter if it's real? If it's if it's a helpful conversation, if it's like, if it helps us identify our intentions, well, that was our goal and that was our intention for this reading. Yes. So, and then also with great. the with the fool, like, uh, as a lot of things that I think about, like quantum physics or. Or, or psychology or even um, pharmacology, the placebo effect, the psychosomatic thing. Oh, yeah. When you believe something, you are already like creating the energy with inside you. When you believe it with as much intensity as if it already exists, mm-hmm. the effects are the same. Yeah. And that's a difficult thing to, to do, I think, and for many people to understand and to really wrap your brain around. But once you do that with something small and you're able to replicate it, you'd be surprised at what the the power of that intentionality can do for your life. 100%. Yes. yes. So that's why I do like the Fool card so much because yeah. it's like, act, what is that? Um, Fake it till you make it. Thank you. Is that what you're trying <laughs> yes. to think of? Oh. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Fake it till you make it. And I think that's what it really means. Well, that's like, yeah, that that then that can feel like this complete kind of 
you know, process too, that there's a, there's a feeling of completion about that. And for me, for me, working with intentions is so much about that. Like I will, mostly I set intentions for, for myself in my life with the moon cycles Mm. and, uh, I will sort of set those intentions around a new moon and then that cycle plays out and at the either at the first at the end of that cycle I can look back and if some things have started to sort of emerge from that it is very it feels really great yeah it feels really for me I would just say the magic of you know being alive and the magic of these conversations yeah. that we're having with you know the universe yeah um it and, is a dance. And yes, it is. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so this dance that we're doing, I really hope that people are willing to be open, perhaps incorporate some of the practices that we will discuss into their own lives. Because essentially, my intention, part of my intention is for someone to think, oh, I never thought of it that way. Yeah. And what does it hurt to try? Because my mom always said something, just try. Oh my gosh. So Take that's, action. yes, I feel like that's these two cards where I, the fool is kind of the part of us that just tries stuff, which is, which is kind of how I am in general. I'm just, I, I will like jump into something and just like, just practice or give it a try. And mm. I, I feel like I'm always open to doing that. Um, mm. And then on the flip side, then there's the like process of grappling with that mm. and then breaking it down. Okay. So I tried that. And then how was that? Yeah. Ah, what did I think about that? Right. Or what did I learn from that? And or do I am I skeptical of that for some reason? Mm. Or like sort of the more like challenging but but generative. Yeah. Generatively challenging experience of just trying something and then finding your way through that. Yes, and trying especially when it's uncomfortable. Oh yeah. Cuz usually that within the spaces where it's uncomfortable is where the magic happens is where yeah you make mistakes but when you understand when you think about what it feels to be uncomfortable and i'm talking specifically in trying new experiences yeah new things uh saying things that you you know that you're not or having conversations that you're not used to having usually it's just because the the brain's way of of regulating energy to be around systems that you don't have to think about, right? Mm. So, so things that uh, that you're comfortable with is just the brain's way of reserving energy. But unfortunately, that is also something that keeps us stuck. Mm. And so, and so that pushing are just neurons that are not used to being fired. That mm. uncomfortable space are not um, are are just muscles that haven't been used in a long time. And uh, when you eventually try enough times, you get over that and you go, oh, that wasn't so bad. And isn't that usually what happens? <laughs> yes, yes. So so I think there have to be some episodes maybe where you're, you present something to me. Like, right. I, I mean, maybe, but I think we will both do this probably. Yeah. We're like, here's this thing. <laughs> That will make you uncomfortable. You feel uncomfortable <laughs> with this, and that's okay. Yeah. But here's why we should try it. Okay. <laughs> no, then, I like that. And then, like, what did we learn from that? Yeah, I, I do like that because <laughs> I think it's important for people to understand that something uncomfortable, yes, it can exist as a space to warn you, hey, you shouldn't do this. Like when you're in the gym and you're working out and there's an uncomfortable pain or fe- sensation in your shoulder. Yeah, um, maybe that's the body saying, no, 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 girl, don't do that. Yeah. But like... <laughs> 
um, there's you know that uncomfortable space exists in many areas of your life, mm-hmm. but when it comes to the brain mm-hmm. and conversations and things that people that are not physically going to harm you, that are not going to affect your body in a physical way, you'll be okay. <laughs> yes, yes. I feel really complete even just with these cards. I actually don't feel like we even need the other questions. Do you feel the same? Um, yeah, I, <laughs> okay. I think we, we go with the moment. The energy that's there is a perfect way for us to also wrap up the show mm-hmm. and to introduce my co-host Mallory. And I look forward to having a fruitful, uncomfortable, <laughs> playful, playful, joyful and discovery. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to go on this journey. Yes, me yes. too. I'm really excited. And I know the word journey is so like, mm, you know, because like, everyone's like, my journey. But <laughs> it's also this like a, a like, sensitive term for me. <laughs> yes, yes. There's a lot of terms like that. Yeah. Like I read, uh, there was a, there was a, <laughs> there was a meme I saw on Instagram and I it was like, the queer urge to call every experience alchemical. And that's like how I feel about like also, you know, like the spiritual urge to call everything a journey. Yes, <laughs> yes. The spiritual urge to call everything a journey. I blame Oprah Winfrey and those kind of, you know, <laughs> I don't want to say pseudoscience, but the mm-hmm. um, popular mental health yes, stuff. Yeah, sure. I, I blame that movement. Which it, it tends to happen when things become popular, it becomes buzzwordy and it becomes later on can be toxic. Can we think of a new word? Let's for mm. journey, not either right now or maybe I we'll like think to use, it. I just like to use trajectory. Oh, okay, trajectory. Yes, okay. I like to use that. Okay, because it feels more something that you can alter. Oh, okay. You know what I like instead? What landscape. Ooh, landscape. I like, because it's like, it feels less focused on the self and individual. What's the landscape of my experience right now? Or what what landscape am I in? Yeah. Not even like move, even moving through, that feels very journey-like, but uh, I like what's landscape. my landscape? I mean, according to sort of my spiritual orientation, the, the it, I think this is partly maybe why you're taking walks. You are putting yourself out with the land on which you live. I would argue that it's not just symbolic, that actually there are emotions uh, living in this land, you know? Oh, yeah. So it's like there's always this conversation happening. So we can use landscape or trajectory instead of journey. Journey. We'll try to do that, yes. (laughs) Yes. And what would be great is if we had some mushrooms. (laughs) <laughs> Some mushrooms? Yes. I, I mean, not like shroom, as in like the drug. Oh. Uh, yeah, that's what I mean. Like psychedelic. I wish. <laughs> I wish. Or some oh, weed. Uh, or I wish. But you know, we can't because it's the, Korea. Can the Korean government please legalize, legalize Honestly, weed? Honestly, just have recreation. Your, the society would be so much more relaxed. Yeah, I, that would be nice. Would be nice. I've just, just honestly. Anyway, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Thank you for <laughs> joining me. How did you find the first experience with me? I love it so much. Yeah. You, you sort of tricked me uh, by hitting record without telling me we were recording. But I sort of love that. Um, <laughs> I was like, okay, okay, we're already talking, and I feel really great. Yeah. Um, I'm excited about our. I like the way thoughts and ideas move mm. between us. So I'm excited. I'm excited to keep, too. Keep dancing. So Mallory, uh, before we wrap up the show, 
I would like to ask you, what is one thing that you either took away or resonated with during our playful and serious banter? <laughs> mm-hmm. The playfulness of the playfulness of language. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I'm feeling, I'm feeling into the the potential, like joy and excitement of uh, how even in this conversation and in future conversations, we might use language playfully and redefine or uh, maybe even create new language to describe our experiences. Yeah. Like the power of that. Yes. I like that. For me, I think I am ready to be foolish. Yes. (laughs) I am am ready to be... uh, In the past, I would describe myself as a very open person. Mm-hmm. I also want to challenge myself to use words simply and also not as verbose okay. <laughs> as I as I can get. Okay. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm very verbose too, so we're going to have tr- a tr- struggle with that one. <laughs> yeah, because right now we're on a one hour, 27 minutes. So thank you everyone for listening. I appreciate every single year. I hope you learned something and you're able to apply that to your life. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.